You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, it's Joel Alconin. Save the date for August 21st for the pre-market prep introduction to professional trading special featuring myself dennis and rob Friesen of bright trading we'll spend three hours discussing how to become a professional trader the pros and cons of different order types the best brokers to use and how we prepare for our trading day and much more go to premarketprep.com to register today Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Elkan, and Dennis Dick. Man, do we have a lot going on this morning. I want to talk about tech stocks. We've got retail earnings. We've got to talk about Kathy Wood versus Michael Burry. If we have time, maybe we'll talk Warren Buffett as well. We got Joel Kulina from Wedbush Securities joining us at 835 today. So we've got a lot going on in the next hour do me a favor before we get started, smash that like button. And as a reminder, we are like five days away now from the pre-market prep Saturday extravaganza. Link is in the description of this video. I don't care if you are in the U.S. or in Antarctica. It is available to you. So check it out. Again, a link in description Saturday, 9 to noon a.m. Eastern Time. Joel, good morning. We got a lot to get to, so let's get right into it. How are we doing this morning? You mean you don't you don't want to hear about my three hundred yard drive yesterday? Not in the slightest. Okay. Was it was it really windy? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Don't ask me. Uh, I did bury about that hole, but don't ask me about the rest of the round. Uh, SP, this is weird. We're gonna have to talk about this with Triple D two days in a row. Wait, wait, we got Kroger up there. Can we look at the SPs? Oh, I love Kroger. Kroger's fun. Uh, Buffett uh, too, apparently. <laughs> two days in a row, double digit losses in the SP overnight. I mean, you know, yesterday, of course, you know what happened. They bought the dip right up, it's just very. Very unusual. So we'll see if they, we're going to get some increasing volatility. You know what that means? Maybe some downside in this market. Uh, crude down 47 cents at 66.82. Uh, gold, just that washout day, man. You got jammed on your stops on this day. And now you're coming back to 1800. Once again, up three bucks, 1792.80. Silver having a much harder time getting off the mat here. 
That's uh, only up 1.5 pennies, 23.81. Uh, Bitcoin hanging out at the 50% retracement, up a G at 47.1. And Ethereum, that's up $105.25 at 32.88 and a quarter, uh, just kind of consolidating near the high of the move. So uh, Triple D, what do you you want to do? Retail stocks? Do you I want to start a battle with Joel here this morning because the next thing I'm going to say is going to upset him very much. But I'm going to say that in this market, the S&P is a very poor indicator for the overall market. And he's not going to like that comment, but it is just too heavily weighted in those four or five big mega cap names because what you're seeing with the S&P making new highs yesterday feels like a joke when people say, oh, the market's doing really well. Because the market did not have a good day yesterday. I mean, yes, Apple had a wonderful day. It was sold off in the in the in the morning and then got bought up and broke out the new fifty-two week highs. I'm still long Apple and happy about that. Microsoft had a very good day, right there. breaking out to new all-time highs once again. Uh, Google had a good day, it was down significantly, and then uh, you had the full key reversal, stock making a new high on closing above the previous day's high. So you're seeing the tail of two markets. The mega caps continue to keep this market floating continues to keep the S&P floating. A better indicator right now for the overall market, honestly, is the IWM. And the IWM did not have a good day yesterday. Yes, it rebounded from the lows, but still closed significantly down. A lot of small caps, a lot of mid caps, a lot of names just not in those top 10 components of the S&P are actually significantly off of their 52-week highs. You know, you can just go through and look at uh, Kathy Woods too. You can say, oh, well, it's tech. But it's not tech, it's mega tech, because if you want the, the, the growth tech indicator, ARKK is a great growth tech indicator. And that stock, or her company, her ETF, is not looking great at all. Had a rough day yesterday. Obviously, it's a lot of Tesla involved, but there's a lot of growth names as well. So you can look, you know, two, two things, you know, really have value names that aren't performing that great. I mean, the banks have been hammered here the last couple of days. And then you have growth, which isn't performing great either. And then you have the S&P that's making new all-time highs, all because of you know Apple and Microsoft and Google and a few select participants. So it is a very, uh, very just a few stocks keeping the S&P making new highs, while the overall market hasn't made a new high in a long time. IWM, we're looking back to June when we were making highs, and you know now we're looking at 216 from 233. You're, quite, you're kind of, you know, 4 or 5% off the highs on the IWM. That's obviously some small caps involved, but um, it's been a tale of two markets. Uh, statements don't lie, right? So if the market's at the highs, the S&Ps are at the highs, you have your funds in there. I, I'll agree it's not uh, diversified enough, but right now, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't – when these stocks do roll over – you're right. It's it's gonna be it's gonna pull everything down. But... I'm not even sure that's gonna happen on the spy. Spy is, I mean, it's just been a great investment vehicle. To be honest, I'm not saying it's you know, uh, I'm not saying it's not a been a great investment vehicle because the rotation has just kept spy afloat. I know. I mean, it's amazing, really, when you think of this the the way it's structured. But when you're just saying, oh, how's the market doing? Us and P's are here. It's become to a point where, you know, we, we always used to joke with the Dow only having 30 stocks. It doesn't give you a good indicator. <laughs> it has Dow making new highs, too. It's the same damn stocks in there. So, you know, the, the mega caps, obviously, some of the, the major ones, it's the same ones that are in the S&P. So that's why you see the DIA and the SPY doing their own show because, you know, you got those big ones keeping it afloat. And then you got 
that a whole other story in the small caps and mid caps where you know and obviously if you look overseas certain europe's done well but china's a mess oh I mean, have you man. seen baidu you know look at baidu look at baba what is like we we knew we didn't want to be long china we've said that for the last couple of weeks but baidu was a 354 dollar stock in february it's 142 bucks here this morning joel is there a certain point in time where you do say, okay, maybe this Chinese sell-off is overdone? Doesn't pay. I don't know. It doesn't pay. This, uh, I mean, they don't really seem to care too much. So why should we? I mean, you know, this, the news that's coming out is constantly negative. I mean, this is a an area uh, for Baidu between 100 and 150. It grinded through there uh, the second half of last year. So won't be whooshing down through there, but just like they give you bad news, bad news, bad news, and then maybe one day of okay news, and then it's bad news, bad news, bad news. And while our markets are closed, they could just, you know, it's already priced in. There's nothing you can do unless you trade. I mean, the after hours or have overseas accounts. So, uh, no, no, there's nothing. And new low of the move here, and now at old resistance, at old supports, could be new resistance. You're at I the was looking at lows. Yeah, 2020. You're at the COVID lows in Alibaba. 170 bucks. 169.95 was the COVID low back in March of 27, 2020, when they were selling everything. You're six bucks off that right now. I am still long the piece of Baba. Thank goodness I sold a big chunk of it. We know I took a lot of heat when I sold it up at 230. Uh, but wow, you know, I wish I would have sold it all. $176 here now. I don't even know what to say on China. I mean, if, you know, <laughs> they figure out all this political, obviously people just don't want to invest in China for the political risk. But some of these stocks are really getting to the point of being cheap. JD's always seems like best of breed, but it's off too. I mean, $64 from a high of 108 A lot of these stocks have basically been cut in half. It's been an ugly market, you know, and then you look overall and yeah, there's, you know, FXI is not significantly as bad, but FXI high, $54 down to $39 here. We've talked long-term looking at the FXI. It's gone nowhere for nowhere. a decade. Down. Nowhere for a decade. It it's very selective. I mean, you've got to be have some exposure to those mega caps if you want your high stocks making new all time highs. My long term portfolio is right up near all time highs, but probably because I'm so heavily S and P, Apple, Microsoft. Like I'm probably built the same way, which you know hasn't benefited me as much as you know some of these growth names in you know 2020, where you obviously had a huge move in some of these stocks. But it's helped lately because there's a lot of you know stocks that are down. So it's it's a tricky market to just say, oh, yeah, you know, we're at all-time highs. Everybody's making money. You know, somebody in the chat just saying, yeah, I had three stocks of the 24 stocks I got that were green yesterday. That's kind of how the feel is. I mean, have you seen, like, even, like, the growth names? Like, look at Upwork, UPWK. After they had a pretty decent quarter, I believe, didn't they? Or at least it was going up into the quarter. And, you know, you look at the stock now from $64 down to 41 I mean, there is a lot of stocks that have been absolutely hammered in the last month. But a lot of these stocks had some big runs to start the year, right? So you're looking at this one. Yeah, it's still, look at where it ended. Uh, you know, it, it's still, yeah. you know, it's still up. So, yeah, it, it's one of those things where you look at the short-term chart and you're like, holy macro, this thing is just getting annihilated. But then you go to the longer-term charts and, you're, you know, could this just be a, a healthy retreat? 
And uh, this was more of, a, I think, a stay-at-home stock. I think we put in that that category. So, but everything's getting hammered. The uh, uh, but the not the spy. It'll, nope. be, it'll make new all-time highs this afternoon. I'm real, probably. I, like I, I will say that I thought there'd be some kind of a comeback, you know, yesterday because that's just what the market does. It was a little trickier. It went and made that, you know, it kept on going down till noon. I thought it would come back, but to come back and make another new all-time closing high, I believe for the fifth time in 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 six sessions. Now today it's going to be that a, Afghanistan news. Yeah. After getting hammered in the morning, like Apple, even go to Apple. Yep. It was an ugly morning for Apple. If you look just at the, just bring up the intraday chart. We opened and took out the 150 resistance, and then what a shakeout! It went straight down four bucks, basically straight down four bucks in about 40 minutes. That's a pretty good. Like if you're a day I, trader I and you were playing that breakout, they shook you out. Probably shook you out, and then boom, all afternoon just straight up V recovery for yesterday in Apple, and you know makes a new all time high once again, but. It's, uh, I guess if you're just, you know, throwing caution in the wind and you don't sell losers, I guess, you know, maybe that works out in a stock like Apple. But if you're doing any type of risk management, it's been a tricky market. You get stopped out in a lot of stuff. Kind of what, uh, this kind of did the old uh, Microsoft thing. Remember that one day uh, Microsoft blasted through uh, 290, went to 291.28, you know, on this day. (laughs) And then uh, the, you know, we closed the following day. It traded five bucks lower. And just reset. So those sellers reemerge at those levels. And just because they're, you know, there's big size at 150, that doesn't mean there's not more size at 150 and a half, 151, 151 and a quarter. So let's see if it can pull what Microsoft did after, you know, sneaking over that big number. As far as buying the dip in Apple yesterday, I didn't see if it really coincided with any daily lows. And also, I know we don't have a lot of the evil shorts out there in the market. Wow. Actually, uh, yeah, I got two bucks through Friday's low. But, you know, anybody that takes something off those numbers, off the 150 or the 150 and a half on a shorter term trade, you get three bucks in it. You know, what are you going to do? If you're looking for more, you're probably going to end up getting running over and getting stopped out on the upside. So a couple different factors working. Today is the second time. I, I don't think you're going to see a repeat of of yesterday today. Just because you, you pulled a lot of people in, that did buy the dip yesterday. You don't think we're going to make new highs this afternoon? I, 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 I don't think. I don't, I don't think, think we, we should, are. but I never <laughs> – yeah. it's hard to bet against this market. Yeah, just just the way, I mean, two days in a row, and then a third day in a row. I mean, two days in a row. It's very, it's on, how far do we have to go back to when we had two big down opens in a row? I March of t- April 2020, I mean, I know there were some right. volatile times, but volatility is picking up, all right? So it's been low for a long time. If usually when volatility picks up, it means you know some rocky roads ahead. But man, this, it's two days, two days of down opens. It's hard to you know go get all in a tizzy about it. Let's go to Tesla because Tesla did have a rough day yesterday. We talked about it on the show. We said it was critical that it held the seven hundred level, and if it didn't, I'd be stopping myself out at six ninety seven. I guess they should have turned around and went short. At six ninety seven, I didn't have a position on it, but I guess we, you know, it, it never looked back. I mean, if you were shorting that six ninety seven, it went straight down another thirteen dollars. So you would have had a nice, you know, trade there. 
And I think there's room to 650 now because we talked about that support being critical. It took it out. It closed below it. It's down another 10 bucks. That support's long gone. Obviously, um, you know, from a technical basis, we talked about the 650 to 700. It moved quickly up there through two days. What moves up quickly can move down quickly. There's not going to be much in there. So I think if I was short Tesla, my target would be 650. I have no position on it. Uh, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere if you're starting it now. Tough. Because you're, yeah. yeah, you're right in the middle of nowhere. The, the trade would have been shorting it through the 697. You'd already be up 24 points in it. And you'd be looking for the next 23 points potentially that, you know, even I don't know if it's going to see it today, but I think 650 is on the radar. Uh, you are through the low, you know, bounced, uh, you know, bounced off the low, just Mr. Market helped it out, ended up down 30 points. I'd say 76.40 yesterday's low might might be taking some heat if they fill the gap on that one. But uh, sure, if you get anywhere near that close of 86.16, boy, there would be uh, major offers. On the downside, you are through the low from yesterday. The next daily low, wow, is six. 69. So two two areas underneath 669, your July 30th low, and then the area that Dennis talked about, July 29th, 648.80. Those are two levels on the downside. But isn't this like the news? Isn't it kind of just regurgitated news, problems with their self-driving? Spencer, didn't you talk about that yesterday that you know, this news comes around every, you know, there's always, there was accidents, right? Someone died. I mean, yeah, there... I, I don't actually know, though, if there's ever been a, a full scale investigation, government investigation. Um, the timing is just interesting because it's on it's on, uh, you know, it, it's on the cusp of their AI event, which, you know, it, it is it's all related. Right. AI self, uh, you know, self-driving. It's it sort of one begets the other. But I don't know if there's ever been like a full scale because the investigation uh, is going back like eight years, seven or eight years. And it, it, it's, it's sort of all encompassing all these different crashes over the years. So I don't know if that's ever happened, but um, I mean, if you remember, there was a time it, a couple of years ago, it seems like where you would see these, these headlines will come out maybe more recently, even than a couple of years ago, a headline will come out. A Tesla was involved in an accident and Tesla would, the stock would trade down on that. And then it would come back like a day or two later. I mean, that, that was a thing that happened a lot. We haven't had it for a while, but it used to happen. So, um, yeah, it's not like a new thing here. So I'm not really sure. Um, I'm not really sure. Can can we talk about um, speaking of Tesla and speaking of uh, breath and growth and all that? Can we talk about Kathy versus Michael Burry? Yeah, I think it's a natural segue over talk from Tesla that. to Kathy. Okay. Michael Burry revealed a uh, rather large, a not insignificant, we'll call it, short position on uh, the ARKK ETF. He bought 800, I'm sorry, he bought 235,500 puts on the ARKK. Um, that in itself is, you know, whatever. It's a bearish bet. Fine. Uh, and then Kathy responded this morning in a tweet thread, which is up on the screen. Oh, nice. So here we go, and it's, she's talking a lot about, in, um, uh, you know, inflation expectations, how it impacts growth. I'll just scroll to the very bottom. Oh yeah, the 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 uh, the collapse in uh, you know commodities in the past couple of months. Uh, I'll just scroll to the very bottom. Here we go. To his credit, Michael Burry made a great call based on fundamentals and recognized the calamity brewing in the housing slash mortgage market. I do not believe 
that he understands the fundamentals that are creating explosive growth and investment opportunities in the innovation space. That was the end. You know what that tells me when, one, why is she responding to this? People are allowed to make bearish bets on your fund. Do you think Warren Buffett would come out if somebody made a bearish bet on Berkshire Hathaway? Do you think he would bring himself to Twitter to try to talk them out of the bearish bet? I hope he does. <laughs> I, 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 oh, it's fun for us. I mean, this yeah. is fun for us. But I think it like I think it reduces her credibility when she comes and she's worried about people shorting her fund. Don't worry about people shorting your fund. You do what you need to do, and the shorts will get punished for it. It's like when somebody comes out you know, and shorts a stock, and the company CEO has to come out and address it. Don't worry about the shorts in your stock. You worry about running your company, and the shorts will lose money. So worry about running your fund, Kathy. Don't worry about somebody coming out and making a bearish bet on your fund. What that tells me is that if you have to come out and start defending your position because somebody made a bearish bet, it's telling me you're not that confident in your own position. So, I, I mean, that scares me, actually, if I was an investor in ARC, that she has to come out and re-talk herself into her own, you know, position and saying, well, why doesn't he believe this? You know, this is the way it is. I, I, I've said for a long time, I think Kathy Wood is, is, you know, her strategies work very, very well in a bull market. She's growth at any cost. and Growth has been in favor for a long time. She's done very, very well. If we ever do get into a market, like we got into in 2000 to 2008, where growth goes out of favor, Kathy Wood will significantly underperform because growth at any cost works awesome in a bull market and it works very bad in a bear market. So um, we, we saw a lot of funds like Kathy Wood's back in 1996, 1997, 1998, and they did fantastic. I invested in some of these funds, like you remember in 1998, these growth funds where they were buying stocks with P multiples of 100, 150, you know, tra- trading 20, 30 times sales. I stopped doing that after 2001 because all those stocks that I invested in or those those funds I invested in went down 90%. Could Kathy Wood's fund go down 90%? It could. Is it going to? I don't think so. I don't think we're, it's imminent. I don't think we're in this you know growth ending phase. But when she comes out and says stuff like this and she has to come out and you know defend herself against Michael Burry, why do you need to defend yourself? Don't even worry about what Michael Burry's doing. You... Pick the right stocks. You you know manage the the money the way you you know how. And Michael Burry will lose money on that bet, and then you'll show him that way. You don't have to convince him to you know that what you're doing is correct. So don't worry about what people are talking about your fund. Worry about managing your fund. That's my that's my uh, you know suggestion and recommendation, Kathy Wood. Um, the way I look at this is he's kind of got you know he's kind of got live cover. You know, because she needs to sell eventually, right? I mean, if it goes up, I mean, there's a lot of pressure if and when she starts is forced to liquidate these. So other people, he's widely fouled. So a lot of people are going to be following him into this trade, right? He's made some, he was on GameStop long yeah. ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's made yeah. some fantastic and, calls. You know, I, I wouldn't, you She's know. scared of him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. You know, I, I would say nothing, you know, because you're putting it out there in print. You're on Twitter. You're yeah. defending. You know how smart Twitter is. You know how these bots are. I would just. You should say nothing. Yeah. This it's shows one of those fear. times. It shows fear when she's got to come out and she's worrying about, you know, somebody that's making a bearish bet on her fund. It shows fear. It doesn't show confidence. So I, I actually would be concerned about this if I was an ARC shareholder. I will not be an ARC shareholder because I don't believe in the growth at any cost strategy. 
I'd rather pick and choose, you know, my growth stocks, you know, and pay reasonable price. You know me, I'm a GARP guy. Kathy is not a GARP person. She's growth at any cost. I'm growth at a reasonable price. So I love growth, but I want to don't want to pay, you know, ridiculous valuations for 30, 40 times sales and, you know, just hoping, you know, that growth is going to continue forever because you know what? We will go into a market environment where growth will come out of favor. And you know what? We've been in that market environment for about six months. That's why Kathy Wood, ARKK, topped out six months ago at $159, now $115. It's been a rough year for Kathy Wood. She had a great 2020. 2021 has not been great. S&P is making new highs every day. There's a reason ARK is not making new highs, because growth at any cost is not in favor right now. Is it going to come back into favor? Nobody knows. It, it, it might. We might just be buying all these Kathy Wood stocks again. But as a stock trader and as a retail investor, you can pick and choose and be in what's favor. You know, you can change your portfolio around. You can adjust on the fly. Kathy doesn't have that luxury. She's too big. Too big yeah. And she has mandates. You know, she has her ETF. She has to be invested in growth. She can't all of a sudden just say, okay, now I'm going to be a value investor. She doesn't have that luxury. Mm. That's not what ARC is all about. Can she? Well, She's not going to. But what what is to stop her from like declaring a certain stock a growth stock? You know, like who's like who are you to say like like if I say Pfizer has the vaccine and has all these growth drivers, couldn't I just define Pfizer as a growth stock? Maybe. Okay, right. Like who who's to say it isn't? Are, like are you to say? Are, right? Is you there think some, Kathy's going to take a position of Pfizer? No, I'm just saying, <laughs> like I'm just saying hypoth- like. Like, are, are you going to be like a slave to the ratios? I mean, right? Like, I don't know. Um, I, I think she probably said something because if you, I just went and looked in over the last four months, the ARKK has 1.6 billion worth of uh, outflows, um, she, which is not like, in you know, it's not nothing, but it's not like there's like a flood for the exits or anything. We're um, at all time highs on the S&P. Right, right, right. Um, she probably just had to come out and say something just to just to stem the, just so it wasn't totally lopsided the dialogue. Um, I don't know if she's convincing herself. I think she's maybe. I think she's trying to convince herself. I think she's trying to convince other people and not, herself. I don't know if she's trying to convince herself. So, but this but is anyway, interesting are, chart. This is interesting. yeah, yeah. So let's go to the technical. We'll get our technical analyst Joel Alcon in here. What do you think about the chart? I think that. Well, first of all, it got a little bit back halfway of the big move, right? Didn't quite get there. I don't think I'd be comfortable, you know, dipping my toe until you get like three, four lows in the same area. Now, you have an area down here where you did have a couple daily lows, 113. I see one, a lot, 112, 113, 114, 150. What's like, let's just call it 115 until you can establish something like this because that was a big seller. I don't know if that was her or a group or some funds or whatever, but. <clears throat> It's coming up. It better find support at this. Let's just call it 115 and change. You're trading 185. Not much under there. So now it gave back, had the big break off the high, barely got half back. I mean, if you want to do a projection here, this move was from 132 and a half down to what, 115, another 20 point move. You take it off here, you're back down to, you know, 105, 110 in it. So Chart not looking good, and um, you know you really if you're stepping in today, you're basically catching a falling knife here. It will be the third day in a row, but it took a hard turn off that 125, 126 area. All right, she well, needs growth to come back in the favor for Arc. Big it's, time. It's, it's a bet on growth. 
but she's going to be selling. She'll, she's going to be selling these things on the next, you know, on the next rep. I mean, she does all the buy-in, brings her average cost down. I'd love to see what she's, she's done the, in Palantir over the last. I still love what Kramer said about it. she's the the best average downer in the history of average downers. <laughs> <laughs> she literally just uh, she keeps adding and adding and adding. She buys much about two and a half million more Palantir yesterday. She just buys, 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 buys. So she buys you know, She's convicted, and you know what? You can do that and buy something a hundred times. And, you know, obviously she's convicted and she believes in these companies and, you know, that's good. You know, that's good for her. I'm, I'm not going to follow her strategy because I'm not convinced that paying, you know, extreme multiples for growth stocks. I think you want to pay reasonable multiples. So, I mean, but it's been a tough market. It's hard to buy any growth stock at a reasonable multiple because everything's inflated. I mean, you got these NFTs of Tom Brady going for a hundred grand. I mean, it's a tough market to really get anything on the cheap. Nothing is cheap. For, for those asking, uh, Michael Burry disclosed the short position in the 13F. He does not have to disclose his strike price. So we don't know that. We only know the size of his position. We don't know the expiration. We don't know the strike. He doesn't have to disclose that. He just disclosed the position itself. So we don't know how short. We don't know where. We don't know when. Just so you all know. You know, limiting his risk. You know, at least you can say for that, right? Yeah. Chat's pretty split. 60-40 right now in favor of Kathy. So it's, you know. We're Kathy chat. They like growth. Our, our hey, chat likes yeah. growth. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with People you. People asking hey. my Fisker is a reasonable price. You know what? I, but I've done the valuation. Dennis, retail sales coming up. Dennis, retail I, sales. Go I, don't know. Go on. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean. You're getting these earnings uh, pre-market low. We're just hanging there at 47. Uh, the low from yesterday, they got it all the way to 32.50. There was a low from last week right at that area of 44.30. There we go. If you're looking for a bounce. I think it's going to be nothing. How many retail stocks are dominating the S&P? None. I can't think of one. Amazon? Oh, that, Sure. Okay. July retail sales. Sorry, I'm sorry. By WM. That's better indicator. Wow. Well, I guess no matter what they say about these retail sales here, it doesn't Crickets. really matter. Crickets. Sorry. Back to sorry. let's go. Let's go to retail. Let's okay. go yeah, we haven't even covered stuff. these retail Walmart. earnings. Come Walmart. on. Let's Walmart. They're being uh, nitpicky with Walmart this morning. The AP, the earnings per share beat. The sales beat. The Q3 earnings per share guidance was good. The fiscal year EPS guidance was above estimates. Uh, I'm seeing some stuff on Twitter about their inventories, but I saw another tweet from another guy that uh, 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 that I know uh, knows the space well that's saying this inventory talk is nonsense. Their inventories rose in line with sales. So I guess the inventories were up 20% year over year, but it, 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 they were down the year before that with COVID. So the inventories are up with, uh, with their sales. So nothing to be, he said nothing to be alarmed there. They're being nitpicky about Walmart this morning is the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Our retail sales came in in line. Didn't they? It's all, it's off the lows. Bring nah, nah, they missed. Sure to Walmart. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. I got it. So I, you've got it, but we don't have it. So hopefully he's got right. it. Right. I, I, got got you. I, I got you. Okay. I think very clear line in the sand here. 148. Yeah, this low right here. Uh, they, 149. This thing holds 149. Like, listen, listen to these lows, folks. 916, 881, 916, and 904. You're trading there, right? You did get a little bit lower than the pre market, 
Uh, but there's your chart, your classic run up in the earnings, the little spike over the high of the move. The spike coincided with the uh, uh, yesterday's high at 51.73. So you hold 149, you got to take out the close at 150.75, and there you go in all time highs. Under 149, this was a big run up here from 142 up to this high 151.73. I mean, a clear area that it has to hold in today's session down at buck 60. Triple D? Um, yeah, I mean, we're still, you know, it, it's in digestion. We haven't even figured out if it wants to go up or I'm down. I'm not buying the dip on it, this one. It, well, it's a lot of air below it. You know, yep. down at 145 maybe, 145, 146. Yeah. You got, you know, where you get back most of that recent move. But it jacked up into the m- number again. Money being made, you know, what do we teach you? And what we're going to teach you on Saturday is, you know, the easier money, the money ahead of the print. You know, look what it did for five days in a row, straight up into the print. I mean, 146 to 151, we mean straight up into the earnings report. And we keep seeing stuff like that where, you know, that that's, that's where I'm at. I'm not in the business of predicting, you know, whether I, and maybe, you know, at the odd time I try to do it, but pre- trying to predict an earnings report and trying to predict. You never know how they're going to, what about guidance? guidance yeah, yeah all bad. of that. But I am in the business of trying to extract alpha from quantitative, you know, um, from, from quantitative analysis. And what we know is over the history of time, stocks tend to outperform ahead of their number. And again, here's another example, Walmart going up ahead of its number. For five days in a row, that was easy money. I've been long Walmart pretty much every night for, and I wasn't last night because it was going to report, but I've been long Walmart pretty much every night going in for the last week. I start buying them ahead, five usually about five days ahead. And I typically, you know, you don't always make money. I mean, again, you know, going back to the law of, of large numbers, I mean, if you have an edge that makes money 55% of the time, you're going to make money in the long run. It doesn't mean on any individual stock it's going to work if you only employ that edge once. Well, you have a 45% chance of loss, but you employ that edge thousands of times, your chance of loss is significantly lower and next to very, very low. So if you have a 55% edge or a 52% edge or a 51% edge, why the casinos exist. So that's stuff we're going to talk about on Saturday, though. Let's move on to the next report, uh, which is Home Depot. Home Depot out quick. this morning. EPS beat, sales beat. Comps were light, however. Their comp sales came in at 4.5% versus a 5.6% estimate. Um, comps in the U.S. light as well. Customer transactions down, actually down 5.8% year over year, which is interesting. Uh, so, you know, the bottom line numbers were okay. Sales comps not as okay anyway stock is down well 325 my, my one number 325 you're below it you might get a gap filled from yesterday this closes below 325 i don't like those two bars down to 315 the one concern on the home depot and obviously a lot of your home builders and stuff is um you know material costs are coming back in but it's it's not out of the realm possibility that you know even in the last quarter with what lumber prices had done they've come down now so maybe the next quarter is going to look better but if you were just thinking outside the box it's like well you know if you're going to build a deck and maybe you're going to put that on hold for a little bit until lumber prices start coming in so um maybe somewhat predictable that they weren't going to just kill it across the board in a quarter where obviously lumber prices were up you know and, and material costs were um were a lot higher than they were before so i mean i think you saw a lot of projects get put on hold last quarter Dennis, what's your? Uh, are you do you officially buy all your wood for your place? 
No, I have some bought, but I'm oh. still playing. I've actually bought some lumber stocks to hedge myself again, though. So oh no! Back in at some of these oh no! Oh, yeah, no. so I'm doing the hedge. Oh, no. I still, yeah. Exotic hedge. I didn't. I bought the Canadian ones, like Canfor, but um, WY. Like a lot of these lumber stocks have come significantly off the highs because we know where lumber futures has come from. So I'm kind of hedging myself to a certain extent. I want the prices <laughs> to stay low. We have bought some materials, you know, obviously when the prices have come down. But I mean, a two by four in Canada went from four bucks to like 12 bucks. Ugh. I think they're back down to seven or eight. They've come in, but they haven't come all the way back down yet. All right, I want to bring our guest on, Joel Kalina, but I want some more likes more than that. So let, let's get up to like 270, and I will bring Joel That's a Kalina. low bar. 300. Yeah, what happened? Oh, everyone's on, on Everyone vacation. Everyone used to like us. Now they, now yeah, now they don't likes. like us. More likes. Like for uh, it's like 256. Once we do that, oh, my likes aren't refreshing, so I can't. 274. There you go. Okay, fine. Joel Kalina, head of technology and media trading at Wedbush Securities. Joel, good morning. Morning, guys. How you doing? Doing well. How about yourself? Yeah, not bad. I uh, I got a shortened week here. I'm heading down uh, to the U.S. for the first time in about 17 months tomorrow, so I'm uh, I'm pretty fired up. <laughs> Life yeah, is good. You're Where allowed. are you? Where are you? I'm in Toronto. You're in Toronto, and then going to Sar- Saratoga Springs for a little bit of racing and uh, and golf. So, <laughs> hey, you, oh Joel, not only do you have a great name, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you like golf. You heard about my 300 drive yesterday. No one wants to hear about it. <laughs> uh, but you like you going to see the Travers? Uh, no, that's next weekend. Alabama's on Saturday, but more uh, just love the ponies. So you know. Oh man! I got the I got the green the green light from the wife about 13 months ago to put this together. So here here we are. <laughs> yeah, you ever is Blue Bonnet still around that raceway? Uh, I have no idea. Woodbine, Woodbine. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's that's out by the airport. That's you a nice track, there, surprisingly. But yeah, yeah, that's a nice track. So so Joel, two days in a row. Yep. Pretty big red on the screen. Yesterday, the market does what it always does. It just battles back, made a new all-time high. Now, the second time in a row, the retail sales numbers didn't really change sentiment at all. What are, what are you hearing on the street? Any nervousness yet? Or just ever all the sellers are on vacation in well, it's, August? It's funny. You guys touched on it earlier. I mean, the, the you look under the hood of, of, of tech yesterday and, and the breath was terrible. I think there were 950 companies were closed up and, and over 2,300 closed down. And again, it's the same, you know, kind of large cap growth and value names that the bulk of the heavy lifting, whether it's Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, you know, eBay, Hewlett and, and Cisco kind of in the large cap value basket. Um, yeah, but under the hood, it, it fundamentally, you know, the, the technicals remain pretty terrible. Um, and, you know, speaking to some guys that follow the quants a little bit more closely to me, you look at the tech, just we continue to feels like just back and forth chop at the high end of the range. And it feels like buyers are higher and sellers are lower and no one's willing to make a bet. And, and again, yesterday was a prime example of why I think conviction out there to put on trades just coming when you wake up is, is, is minimized at the moment. Because, again, we, we, we gap lower early. And then boom, just a steady grind to close almost flat for the NASDAQ yesterday. It's a little bit of a joke, uh, but we know that there's decreasing appetite towards, you know, the gap tech names growth at any price, as you mentioned. Um, And again, Roblox, another, you know, pandemic winner, uh, you know, from 2020 last night is is seeing easing tailwinds from from COVID. And to me, that's been the number one takeaway of June quarter EPS season. It's just these pandemic winners. There's just no incremental buyers for a lot of these stocks at, at the moment. 
Uh, and that's just the, uh, my next question kind of goes along those lines. I mean, you're, you're talking to the, you know, the money flow out there, you know, the biggest players in the markets, the ones that make the chart patterns that we talk about. And it's see to me, the way the market feels is like, well, market's going up, it's going up, but we'll let some go here. You know, we'll yeah. let some Apple go at 150. We'll let some yeah. Microsoft go at two, you know, just, just square into positions, but on these and on these dips right now, I mean, are you seeing? To me, I, I would I would be feeling more institutional sell orders above. Come yeah. and take me out, and it's kind of like the book, like you know, the deck on the floor. When I used to hold the deck on the floor, it just used to get overweighted to one side, right? Yeah. And it'd be sell orders and buy stops, and it would go through them and go through them, and the buy orders and the sell stops would get really thin. And then eventually it would clear out the top of the deck, turn, and then fall, and then you create a whole new bottom of the deck. That's kind of what it feels. Is that, am I talking in too simplistic terms, or is that maybe the way the markets are shaping up right now? No, I mean I think I think it's I think keeping it simple is what's been working over the past kind of twelve plus months, right? Like we know that you know we saw the pull forward in, in tech demand and, and the shift to the cloud was just phenomenal in in in, in twenty twenty and. And I think you're right. Just try to keep it simple with what you're looking at. I think, you know, another reason why you're seeing dips bought in the large cap, you know, either whether it's growth or value um, is just obviously, you know, another another morning waking up and getting kneecapped on, on negative headlines out of Beijing. Uh, so the U.S., you know, big boys continue to benefit from that rotation as well. Um, but I think you guys look at, you know, you always discuss technical analysis. You're looking at charts. I know you mentioned on, you know, Aunt Kathy earlier in the sh your show. And again, I think the market's telling us where you want to be invested right now. And I think keeping it simple makes the most sense until the tape tells you something different. I don't think you want to be a hero and start, you know, trying to buy, you know, Zoom on the dips or buy Teladocs of the world, Tesla chart. I mean, Tesla's been making lower highs since it peaked back in January as well. So I think you still want to avoid these, these, these hyper growth pockets of, of technology and, and, and just, again, try to keep it simple and find names a little bit more attractive from a valuation point of view. And I think that's where the semis become a lot more interesting. And again, not everyone, not every semi is going to be, have the same story. So I think you do have to be a lot more selective in, in what you like there. But I think in tech right now, guys are just gravitating towards large cap growth. You know, you're not going to wake up and, 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 and be down 500 basis points and similar in the semis, you know, be more opportunistic on the pullbacks in names like the semi caps where you're, we aren't seeing a slowdown in, in investments towards secular trends, you know, Companies and countries around the world are not slowing down spending on AI, 5G, data center build out. So these are kind of trends you're looking for. Um, you know, stay invested where you, where you think things aren't going to get you know kind of whacked the hardest uh, on a, on a headline or two. Wait, that leads into what I was going to ask you next, Joel. Uh, so you said you know you have to. Um, I don't know the exact word you said, but you have to be specific when looking at the semiconductors, right? You can't just paint the whole thing with one brush. So like. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. 
I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What interests you? What doesn't interest you right now? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I've been I've been one of many. You just, go with, you just go with the charts? What's up? You go, what's down is not? I mean, is it that simple? To, to some degree. I mean, I think you, you look at price action coming out of this earnings season is very telling. Like I still, I know Al- Alphabet's been a massive outperformer in 21, but you pull back Google, you know, Alphabet over the past on a multi-year basis, it's lagged a lot of these larger cap peers. So a name like that, I still love. And I think you want to be buying any any and all pullbacks in this one. You know, obviously they're seeing, you know, ad recovery, you know, accelerate beyond market expectations. YouTube momentum is just phenomenal. Another, you know, they put up 70% growth last quarter. Uh, so in large cap, that's kind of what I really love. And pulling down, looking at the semi space, you have applied materials reports later this week. And again, I mean, the semi caps have gotten hit over the past kind of six or seven sessions because a lot of the noise coming out of the memory sector. But again, that's why I'd, I'd avoid LAM research. So the most exposed to memory where AMAT, you know, their sweet spot is in, you know, OLED you know, displays uh, and, and they just continue to benefit from increasing investments from Logic and Foundry customers. Um, so I think that's kind of what I'm looking at in, in the chip space. AMD, you know, I know there's been some funky action, uh, you know, funky price action AMD, mostly ARB related uh, with, with, the, with the Xilinx deal. Uh, but AMD finally broke out above 100 bucks. I think that's your floor right now. I mean, the market share gain story isn't intact. You know, Intel still is a prove me story, at least as far as you know, we're concerned here at Wedbush. Our analyst, Matt Bryson, has been spot on in his view in Intel. I mean, they, they're clueless. New CEO, but, you know, same kind of, uh, you know, unanswered questions regarding that story. So AMD, I think, you know, we've had a little pullback off the 120 level. I think you can step into that name. And then if you need a 5G kind of play, I, I like kind of Corvo. Um, continue to benefit from increasing investments in Wi-Fi gear, 5G base stations. Um, so, again, I'm being a lot more selective, I think, within the semi the semi space. I think that's where you can kind of generate the most alpha here in the year end. You get a lot of questions still about Micron? Or is that is that cool? Oh, yeah, I mean that was uh, you know that was you know consumed most most of my my energy last week, and and uh, obviously memory as it always tends to be is at the the, the epicenter of peak cycle debate, and uh, there's been increasing calls of of uh, of kind of a, a peak memory pricing, and I think again I think you can't really step into the stock right now. They're going to be speaking at, at Credit Suisse in early September, and and they they're typically that's when they kind of pre-announce. So we'll. See. It's almost kind of let's see what the noise is in the, in the next couple of weeks. I think Credit Suisse conference kicks off September 13th, I believe. So that's something kind of circled on my radar. And, and a lot of Micron guys are already kind of pointing towards to seeing what they're, they're going to say at this event. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, even Micron's report in, in late June, early July, I think it was late June. Um, there was a lot of issues with it. I mean, forget about all the, the peak pricing debate. I mean, they're, they're seeing increasing cost. Um, due to the EV, you know, EUV, uh, EUV migration on the tool side of things. And uh, I think memory, I think there's better places right now to invest than in memory. Um, you know, so that's obviously, you know, you know, I, I wouldn't be touching it here, maybe for a trade. But again, I think you got to look at September 13th as a real catalyst. And you'll probably see a little bit of a back and forth uh, between them. 
What about NVIDIA? It's going to report Wednesday night. Um, obviously, a lot of people looking at this report. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little bit you know cautious on it. From a trading point of view, we've heard of slowing GPU sales. I know the crypto tailwind you know, hasn't been as great as it was, say, back in 2018, but it is still part of the story. Um, and, and I think where there have been reports over the past few months of, of kind of slowing GPU sales, um, and, and there are some fields of, you know, some concerns of deceleration into the second half. So I think NVIDIA, it's, it's a crowded long. Uh, the long always are there. Um, so I think even if they call, unless it's an absolute monster beaten raise, you know, I think I just think there's going to be a lack of, uh, you know, significant upside earnings provisions, you know, and, and lack of incremental buying. So I, I'd be tend to be a little bit cautious on uh, on NVIDIA and prefer kind of Cisco and, and, and AMAN as my two tech plays for, for earnings this week, at least. Joel, aside from maybe like some large cap and alphabets, can you think of a pandemic winner that doesn't look terrible right now? <sighs> There haven't been many. I can I can tell you that. I mean, I'm I'm scratching my head. I know that I think there was one last week, and I'm I'm it's 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 I'm, it's, it's it, I can't come up with it right now. But yeah, I mean, we, anywhere from from Netflix, Roku, Etsy, Amazon, Pinterest, even going down to UPS, Unilever, Clorox. You know, I mentioned Roblox last night. They're all seeing you know fading tailwinds, and we know the comps are still going to remain tough for the next one or two quarters. So there's there's been few and far between names that have kind of shrugged off kind of the, 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 the slowing or the, the evolving backdrop, whatever you want to call it. So uh, not really, nothing, nothing really jumped out at me. Maybe DocuSign. <laughs> yeah, Paul, think, Paul yeah Ader, DocuSign jumps out at me. Paul Eater in the chat noted DocuSign as well. Maybe yeah. that's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and we clearly DocuSign is not going away, but you look at Zoom, stock hit 600 bucks, nearly halved. It's now made a, a fail, fail twice at 400. That's kind of yeah, rolling yeah. back over. Not a good looking chart. And obviously the education sector, you know, let's hope, let's, you know, for, let, let's hope that schools aren't, aren't in lockdown. I don't foresee that happening, that virtual learning is going to come back. So I still, I still think there's some major headwinds for the Zoom story in the second half. And, and give the company credit. They've tried to kind of spin off growth, growth initiatives, but they're really just not bearing fruit uh, quite yet. Joel Kalini is the head of technology and media trading at Wedbush Securities. Always great to have you on. Joel, you will have to come back and uh, regale us with stories from the track, or really regale Joel with stories from the track, and uh, we can uh, find out how you did. Well, I can't. I can't I, you know, every ticket's a winner. I can't, I can't be telling my wife I didn't <laughs> cash a ticket for for two straight days at the track. She, you know, I don't know if she, she, she'd appreciate that. Enjoy but, yourself. Uh, I got to go there. And, uh Todd Gordon keeps inviting me out there, and uh, I don't know, maybe twenty-two. I hear it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, place I've heard. Place. I've heard Saratoga's booming, so there'll probably be thirty-five thousand people at the track on on Saturday. So uh, you know, pretty pretty pumped. Oh, all right. Thanks. Have fun, Joel. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thirty-five thousand people. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of people. Okay, <laughs> oh, man. Um, Eight forty-nine. Uh, we got about ten minutes. We'll do some ticker time, and then at nine, um, there was a question in the chat about how to find some earnings in Benzinga Pro. So at nine, I'll just run through some of that with y'all, and then I'll bring Money Mitch on. We'll hang out till the open, um, or at least till nine twenty-five or so. So let's do some ticker time. Is there anything we missed from our list today? We did Walmart. We did Home Depot. We didn't really do Roblox. Joel kind of mentioned it. It is trading yeah. down. They had earnings last night they uh they weren't great um they i think their daily active users missed is, is what it was um but regard i don't think it i don't think uh you know a, the stock would have risen on a beat anyway right it's it, it roblox it's it's massively out of favor so 
Um, <clears throat> you know, there, there's that. <laughs> I like, know. Of the, you know, I, I like this company. Um, it's been a valuation issue for me, obviously, too. Um, I've never put in the long-term portfolio for that reason, but it's a fun one to trade, and it does give some nice moves. And Well, let's get your technical thoughts here, Joel. As we uh, probably get down to the low 70s. I do think we Yeah, I think so. You got a nib there here. Uh, the initial spike, 73.34. Um, your 4 a.m. traders are like, oh, I got to bring it in there at 73.51 and now you're just finding a little bit of a buyer here above 74 so i can't go out to say that yeah this is just you know gonna bounce hard you're not gonna see the pre-market low but you definitely have a patient buyer whether it's an option buyer or yeah. you know someone straight out wanting to go long one spike low at uh, 73.46 on your daily and i'll give you another buy zone down to 72 uh, but Triple D, I, I've gotten an email a couple times, and I thought we really do a, a good job of explaining it. But uh, this person has emailed me so many times about the effect of, of option trading on stocks. And I just thought from Palantir last week, I just thought you did, it was a great example. When you talked about the $25 area, it wasn't like you were trying to call top at 25 that day. You were just looking at the activity, where the open interest was, how that was going to, you know, with all the calls, the effect on yeah. it. I don't know. I've explained it again. I think he just uh, put in the chat that he's listening again today. I think I've covered it. Can you just maybe give over that example again? I don't know if Roblox would be a great example. Uh, but maybe something like Walmart. Does that have some uh, open interest in that? I'd have to go look. Um, yeah. Palantir was significant. So yes. We thought it would struggle to get over 25, at least on the week. And, you know, that is exactly what happened. Yes, it, it broke out over it, you know, on a short-term basis. But, again, it couldn't get the momentum going. It was it was probably a poor bet to say it was going to go 26, 27, 28, just because there was so much open interest last right. week on the 25s when we looked at that. I mean, it's, it's, it's something, even if you're just an equities trader, it's something you got to be cognizant of. When you've got people making massive bets on, uh, and, and, and on an earnings report, you look at the options, you see where the open interest is higher, what strikes, and it kind of can give you a feel for where it might stall out. And when you've got a whole bunch of people making bets on Palantir 25, its likelihood of getting over 25 is less because those people become natural sellers as the stock gets over that. Whether they're selling their options or whether the market maker is, you know, locking it in in any regard, when you have a huge open interest, it becomes those people become natural sellers above 25. So remember, like the way I play it, you know, the way a market maker plays it, if, or they're usually on the other side, but you're always hedging yourself. But if I was buying options, I'm always using the stock against those options. I mean, that's the purpose of the options. There's so many people, 90, probably 90% of call buyers never sell short a stock. But, you know, you don't have to sell just the calls. You can sell the stock short against your calls and lock it in. So if you're along the 25 calls, you can short the stock at 26 and you just locked in a buck. People would say, well, why would I do that? Because I can get a dollar ten for my thing. Well, you know what? If it comes back into 24, which it did last week, you're 26 down to 24 is now worth two bucks. So you can play it around those two. Like I love playing the oscillation. When I used to trade options a lot, I'd play it around the oscillation of where the open interest is. And that's why they tend to pin at those numbers, is because there are traders that are are long the call and saying, okay, it goes 2550, I'll short it. Now it goes down 2450, I'll rebuy it. Now I'm open on that again. And that's why it tends to try to pin around the 25 where there's big open interest. 
you know, you think there's something nefarious going on. Some people like to write articles in the media about something nefarious going on about the evil market makers pinning it, but it's a natural pricing. It's a natural phenomenon. Yeah, it, it is because you become a natural seller above it and you're, and you're going below it. I don't trade options. I, I, I used to trade them a lot back in 2005 and trade them a lot for a lot of years, but I'm still cognizant. I understand how it impacts equity prices. And when you see a huge open interest, it's tough to get above there. It takes a lot of volume to get it above there. It's like when we look at the book, we see a huge seller, like the goalie, you know, with the big pad stacked up. It's hard to get the puck by there. They can, they do sometimes, but, you know, just like CC was is saying, you know, he's there looking you know, at it, projecting it out and yeah, saying this is where the options are pricing it. And in all likelihood, it's, it's you know, going to take some type of major catalyst to take us above that. You know, they got to say something really cool on the earnings report. You know, maybe they're going to raise guidance and maybe that's going to be the catalyst to take it above. More often than not, though, it's all about the edge is it's going to stay probably within the range of that straddle and the option buyers tend to lose money. Uh, and also conversely here, if you're you got the 25 put from, you know, from last week and you're playing it, you have a covered position. It comes down that day on earnings. It even came into the 23 handle for Palantir. So there's not as much open interest on the put side, but the phenomena that Dennis is talking about is there also. And it's usually a lot of times it will be like where the issue is priced the day before with the straddles. Cause you even have straddle, uh, uh, players. Not everyone's just trying to predict where things are going up and down all around. They're just using the options as edge, and that's why we, you know, when we talk about the unusual options activity. You don't know if it's a hedge. You don't know if someone covering position. But uh, I sure hope we covered that enough for you. Uh, I believe it was RAG. So. I think sometimes you know maybe, and some people are confused, you know, with the analysis. And you know, we will get in depth on some of this stuff on Saturday. So. You know, in, in my presentations, I look to stuff like this, you know, in, in, in my trading, I look to, you know, there's all, there's a lot of different edges in this market. And you know what, people want to simplistically look at a chart and, you know, say, okay, what's well, breaking out. And you know what, there's 6 million people doing that, you know, maybe more. So are you really, you know, just, if you just have one trick and your trick is just looking at charts to make money, it's tough to be uh to extract alpha you're, you're you'll make money because the market goes up if you're a long only trader the market tends to go up over time but if you're going to beat the market yeah i think you need more than just technical analysis i love technical analysis i love joel's you know method of technical analysis because it's very simple and i think there's a place in for technical analysis in all trading um it helps with the timing but i think it's only one tool in your toolbox and you've got to look at all these other edges you know simplistic edges too like Long a stock ahead of an earnings report, there's tends to be alpha extraction from that. So, or you know, like we look at the open interest and we say, okay, volunteers loaded up on the 25s. A lot of people bet in that way, probably going to struggle to get above there. You know, that's the way CC looks at it, but that's the way you know that's another edge. And what we try to do on the show is we give you different ideas and then you put together your own, you know, toolbox of tools and then you try to make, you know, those calls or, or, uh, on your stocks and those bets on your stocks based on your tools. But, you know, if you've only got one tool in your toolbox, sometimes it's hard to build a house. Did someone say something positive about Walmart besides me holding 149? I've been watching yeah, it few minutes. It's kind of hanging out, though. It hasn't really... I made a nice like, move, Dennis. It, it, it's, well, it's off the lows. It's off the lows. Yep. It was a good report, Joel. There was nothing wrong with those Walmart numbers. <laughs> So, and you're, you've traded 646,000. You're going to trade a lot more stock than that when we open. So, 
I know you wanted to look at the book. I didn't open my book. Yeah, that's okay. Battle it to close for this one right now. That's 150.75. Buck yeah. 78, buck 56. One. And you can't just look at it like that because it had the run-up in there. But those are pretty good numbers. So I don't think there's going to be anybody slamming it on. But you never know. I mean, things can turn around on a dime in, in the regular session as well. But Joel is giving you a very good pre-market number to lean on. You know what's interesting? And this is – I'm going to change change the subject here. But the, sure. uh, four of the top five – uh, stocks uh, on the top of my losers uh, filter this morning are all previously high flyer EV stocks, right? Like, uh, like FUV, Archimoto, right? FUV and uh, ZEV, that's like Lightning E Motors and Romeo, RMO. These are stories are just all and um, and uh, <gasps> look at Romeo. Where aren't I, Romeo? What happened? And the gutter is where Romeo is. Uh, Looking and, for um, Juliet, but not find them. Ride is uh, not doing too well either. R- ride story is in really trouble too. I hope Marcus. I don't. Know, we haven't had Marcus on the show for a while. Maybe I'm, I'm assuming he probably didn't get out. It it was tough. He had that out. You know, he had that out when the stock spiked up. And you know what? This story on all these. What we said before on the EVs. There's only going to be some winners. There's going to be a lot of losers. Maybe Fisker is going to be one of them too. So diversification yeah. is key, but. You know, knowing what is in favor and what is out of favor, I tell you, this EV trade, which was so crowded, Spencer, great point this morning, you know, looking at that, it was just so crowded. Are they oversold? Is ride oversold? Yeah. Somebody was asking me, would you short ride here? I I, probably, I don't like to short $5 stocks because now you're getting to a point where, you know, a lot of bad news is priced in. Can this go to three? Can it go to two? Can it go to zero? Yeah, it can. Puts bad. But you got risk now, a lot more risk maybe than before too. I mean, you always had risk shorting these these plays, but and it's been pretty smooth sailing since the cut through ten. Also, also Clean Spark, and they're all down because they they all had earnings. But I mean, they're all down fifteen percent or more. I mean, it, it's uh, it's pretty crazy this morning. So the whole yeah. sector is just. Someone said EV is the new cannabis. Maybe you're right. <laughs> I mean, these stocks will come back in a favor. There eventually. Will be a time, but some of these stocks will not make it. Some of these stocks are zeros. We don't know which ones. We can start to see separation happening here. I don't believe Fisker is a zero, but it's definitely a speculative bet. People have been calling me out for that. My timing on it couldn't have been worse. People love it when I'm wrong. Um, definitely wrong. You know, I was definitely wrong to not saying I'm wrong long term on Fisker. I put in the long term portfolio. I had it designated. It wasn't a trade. Everybody has clearly said it was in the long-term portfolio, but I definitely could have got it back at my 15. I paid up because I thought the Morgan Stanley would have more legs. It didn't. It got faded hard, and you know I bought at 17. It's now 14. Terrible timing by me, but I don't believe the Fisker is a zero. Um, obviously, I wouldn't be in it. I do believe that some of these other EV plays are. I think Fisker's got the Magna deal. You're going to see these Fiskers on the road. So I don't want to talk about it because people hate that stock, but they like it when I'm wrong. So I'm just saying, I'm wrong lots of times. My timing terrible on that one. But I don't know if I'm going to be wrong long-term on Fisker. I just want to thank the couple of people, uh, Inna and Pedro, who have signed up during the broadcast for the webinar on Saturday. Uh, if you're signing up uh, for this MarketFi product, what's hotter, uh, pre-market prep info, um, it's the wrong thing. 
that's nothing. You got to go to premarketprep.com to get that. Uh, I'm going to hop off right now and go over. We missed a lot of tickers there. I know Ticker Vault, you were looking for support in Myrna. I'm going to hop over there and do that now. And uh, Spencer, I'll check in with you uh, later in the day. Everyone yeah, go are, get them. Joel, were you in At the Close today? We hope, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll be back. Oh, yeah, we'll be okay. back for At the Close. Okay. Because this is going to be an interesting one. I can't, uh, you know, this double down open in a row. That's kind of piques my interest so we'll see what happens see y'all later see you later joel dennis i'll see you later as well uh good luck today uh dennis doesn't need luck come on i need lots of luck we all need all the luck we all have luck it's just sometimes good luck and it's sometimes bad luck yeah but we all have luck yeah (laughs) yeah all right um here's what i want to do real fast someone we got a great question earlier in the chat about how we're going through all these earnings how do i find this in benzinga pro it's a great question so here's what i'm going to do I'm going to bring up MyPro. This is MyPro right now. I have a new workspace. This is your default screen. And this is going to take like two minutes to explain. Okay. Um, this is the default screen. There are more than one. There's more than one way to find earnings in Pro. I'm going to start with the, my preferred way, which is the news feed. Okay. You go to your, your news feed tool, default tool, every headline from our news desk this morning. Okay. I don't want to see all of this. I only want to see earnings. What do I do? I go to categories. Okay. Within categories, I go to news. I just click on the, I don't click on the new, the checkbox there. I click within, there's like the little arrow. You, you can sort of see the little arrow next to it, which means there's, there's like subcategories. I go to the news subcategories and I find earnings. While I'm here, if I want to make life easier for myself down the line, you can use this tool on the right to make your earnings headlines certain colors. I'm just going to make mine, what, what is that, yellow? I, don't, I can't even tell what that is. Whatever. Done. Boom. Every earnings headline from our news desk this morning. Uh, you can see that the bigger ones, Walmart and Home Depot, are highlighted red by default. That's our news desk sing- signaling when they posted that these are more important than like the other ones. For example, like um, Monday.com, right? Or Huya. Uh, you know, our news desk is saying, hey, these are extra important earnings headlines. But here is every earnings headline this morning from our news desk. That's one way to find earnings. In a minute. And you can have multiple news feeds. You can have a news feed of uh, every single uh, headline, right? But I've maintained that yellow, that yellow color, right? So now I know every yellow headline is an earnings headline makes it easier to see that's how you find earnings in the news feed you can also i'm going to close that out you can also go into the calendar that's the other main way you can do it and after this i'll show you one one third way uh we have many calendars for conference calls dividends earnings right here you go you, you find the date you want to go you search for it boom here's every earnings report this is the 12th for some reason. Let's go to today and yesterday. Every earnings report today and yesterday, you can sort it by date. You want before uh, the market or before they open after the after the close. And that's how you find earnings in the calendar. The last thing I'll say on the earnings front is we have a couple of like, default spaces. If you scroll down here below, you can look at the earnings monitor, which is, a, um, which is basically both of these tools combined, right? Newsfeed on the left, calendar on the right. Makes it extra easier to find all the earnings in Benzinga Pro in headline format, in calendar format. You can play with the format of the calendar, get rid of certain columns if you don't like, you know, seeing the 
the uh, you know time or whatever. Um, you can get rid of all that stuff. You can format the columns there, reorganize them. Um, but that's how you find earnings in Benzinga Pro. You've got the news feed. You've got the calendar. Uh, it's, it kind of just depends on how you want the information. Um, and like I said, the the, the news desk will uh, by default they will make the important earnings, the quote unquote important ones, right? Walmart, Home Depot, they will make those red to make them easier to spot. So for example, like tonight we've got, actually we got like nothing tonight. Tomorrow morning we got Target, we got Lowe's, right? So tomorrow morning, um, Lowe's and Target will be will be red by, by default, um, just easier to see. Um, what you can also do, and if you're going to look for earnings, I suggest you look for guidance as well. You see, they're both selected. their earnings and guidance. They kind of go together, right? So that's the earnings lookup in Benzinga Pro right there. Again, this is it. Pro.Benzinga.com, free two-week trial. Um, if you ever have any questions about Benzinga Pro, and you, you, you can ask us if we're streaming, or you can always just email the, the email that's on the bottom of the screen, onboarding at Benzinga.com. They will gladly answer your questions um, or just, you know, message in the, in the live chat on, on, on YouTube. And if I see it, I'll answer it and I'll do my very best. Um, but I, I, there was a good question about that. So I, I hope I answered that question to, to um, whoever asked that earlier. Um, I probably, I think it was TJ. Yeah. TJ Mosley. Um, I hope I answered that question. So uh, I've got my pro up here. Let me bring it to my, tool this is uh, my tool that i use this is my movers tool and i'll bring mitch on as well um I, this is what i use every morning guys what is up what is down that's how i was able to see oh shoot clean spark romeo zev fuv all leading us down this morning okay what's leading us higher monday hey we have a stock that's up on earnings must have been good right mndy software as a service recent ipo this is their first report as a public company isn't it Pretty sure it is. Um, earnings per share, they beat the estimate. Sales, they beat the estimate. You can see it right there. Guidance, beat the estimate for Q3. And for the fiscal year, look, they also beat the estimate. All right. How is Monday.com doing? The king, uh, one of the kings of podcast advertising. Listen to podcasts. I'm sure you've heard their ads before. Um, do we have any volume here? No, we're probably just bid up yeah we're just like there's like no trades just bid up or like maybe like one trade this morning again recent ipo right pretty sure it's the first report yeah first report is a public company wow that's a nice that's a nice looking chart for an ipo huh okay okay looking good on monday how's it asana and monday are the same business same same thing same kind of business asana looks the same Wow. Hmm. Okay. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Thank you, TJ. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah. If you guys want, I can I can start doing like quick five minute pro tips. I've been using pro since like 2015. Um Mitch, good morning, sir. Did someone say pro tips? Pro tips. That's what I said. All right. Well, I'll give my hotkeys that I always give out. If you're ever using these charts and you don't want to be clicking things on the left to take time, you can use the alt 
but and yeah. to use a lot of hotkeys on the chart. You got Alt H will give you a horizontal line. You got Alt T will give you the trend line. Um, I like to use those. You know, those are my kind of common ones. Uh, you got to be out of the overview into the chart one. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like it. I mean, hey, once you once you start to be able to use it, you know, you don't have to go to the left and kind of click things, make it fast, just all out. I, I usually do simple technicals, just trend line support. I need to know what those levels are and then we can move forward. Yeah. Look at that. Hot keys for the win. Nice, Mitch. Uh, what else watch this game? All right, let's go ahead and take a look here. Um, I know some people were thinking that DraftKings would probably come down on that news. I don't think the t- the headline is that big. Pretty much, it's pretty much saying that uh, their NFT platform is not available in Canada. It's only for U.S. based customers right now. So if you are trying to get their NFTs and you're in Canada, now you know why you can't. It's only for America. That's it. That's it. Hey, I was watching PSTA. Is anyone still in PSTH with me? I'm just curious because uh, Ackman's being sued by Robert Jackson, who's a former SEC commissioner. This is just with regards to how um, he's basically arguing that PSTH is not a SPAC. He's arguing it shouldn't be regulated as a SPAC. Um, So I don't know the implications for the actual price of Pershing Square Tontine based off this headline. Um, I would imagine if Robert Jackson were to win this case and Ackman were to lose, it would just change how it would, it would set a precedent. I, I it would probably be more significant for SPACs as a whole than it would be for PSCH. That's my, that's just my initial take based on the headline. It, it may be like, you know, they have to uh, file different paperwork and be subject to different regulations. Cause, um, you know, you did see uh, PSCH trade down like that. That green, that that lower green wick today. That was the headline coming out that they were being sued. Um, this is probably more of like a industry wide concern than it is a concern for for PSTH as a whole. I'm just curious. Steve Hutchinson is in with me. Great. We're waiting for them to find someone. Oh, what are we doing, Steve? What are we doing? I don't know. This is why you diversify, right? This is this is I, I thought SoFi was no. This is the biggest bag that I'm holding. Um, maybe uh, this and SoFi are, are the two biggest bags that you I'm. Still holding. have it? I do still have it. I do still have it. Why'd you keep it? I don't know. <laughs> there you go. You got your answer. I, I, I don't know, but this is why you diversify. This is why I ain't sweating it because it's like one percent of my portfolio. Uh, not even that. Um, so you know, it is what it is. But I'm just curious if anyone is uh, still in this with me because this is a bag. Anyway, bag. So that was a headline this morning. PSTH traded down on that. Um, oh, Dolph. Speaking of NFTs, Mitch, Dolphin Entertainment is trading higher than earnings last night. I didn't even realize that this company had like any earnings to report. <laughs> but they do. They had income. They had a revenue last quarter of $8 million. They're rolling in it. DLPN and they're profitable last quarter. They they have revenue coming in the doors and they're profitable. Holy cow! I did not did not know that was possible. Dolphin shares up eleven percent this morning, up to ten dollars sixty six cents uh, on the earnings headline. Look at that, guys! NFTs. That's there gonna be go. a fun one to watch. Uh, I think uh, ten dollars, you know, is really good support underneath it. So I'm gonna look for. 
a little fake out towards the open. Maybe it comes down towards 10.25. You can see that on the 15-minute uh, chart that there's some support right there. Let it come down, try that, and then come back up roaring with some good volume. We did get good volume going into the close yesterday, 4, 5, 6 p.m. Uh, there was some good volume. So let that volume come back in, and we'll see if it can break through Corey, 11. Corey D says, cue the offering. Oh, you're so cynical, Corey. It's so, too early. So like, cynical. It's too early, bro. <laughs> You gotta wait to. You gotta get your pop first, Corey. If you're right, I'll give you. I'll give you uh, some free swag. It, it, but I think you're not. <laughs> but uh, if you are, if you are, I will give you some free swag for that call. Um, it's it's probably a little early for, uh, to, to to Mitch's point, but it would be amazing if they did that. Um, speaking of offerings, buybacks, etc. Overstock enough to buy back this morning, a hundred million dollars. Ostk uh, was your number one pandemic winner for the first like three or four months of the pandemic. Um, and it just been sort of range bound since then. Um, anyway, I'll tell you what's trading in a, in a range right now. It's been stuck in a range for about six days. V S C O. I'm going to try to see if it breaks out or breaks down today. You know, we've been looking at a lot of retail stocks. It's yeah. a Victoria's secret. So the question is, you know, does it break on the downside to 70 or does it, we get a breakout through 75? Honestly, I don't know which way this one's heading, but I'm going to go more off of reaction from the hourly chart, see what we get on this stock. Um, it has made a run up from about 57. It, it made about a 31% move up there towards a high of 75.43. Let's see if we can get back up there towards 75 today or if it breaks the 70s. Okay, Corey, if, you, if, if Dolphin doesn't offering this week, I'll buy you donuts. How about that? Um, it's sort of a lose lose for you. Oh, sorry, it's a win win for you because you either you get him some D nut. You you either get don't free donuts or you're I, I don't know if you're long at all, but uh, or anyway, hey, whatever. Um, can I get a uh, oh we got a few stocks getting dropped in here. Okay, let's let's go quick. Clover yeah, roll it. Clover Health. Oh man, we haven't we haven't talked about this for a hot second. Have Good they earnings? Have they good had earnings. Yeah, they had earnings, right? Yeah, they had good earnings, Spencer. We went over it on SPACs attacks. It's good earnings, but bad technicals. Like the question was asked, right? It does the fundamentals meet the technicals now? I do not think so. Um, so I think the technicals are still looking on the downside. Fundamentals are starting to point to the upside. So with this being said, and I've been saying this on SPACs attack, look for that monthly candle, and you need a strong monthly candle to even start looking at this one, at least for me. What, was that their first report? Uh, yes. The, the big thing is, um, is remember, this one had a big short report on it that knocked it down. Yeah. Um, then we had a big spike short squeeze. Now we're back right down to those levels. Yeah. If you want to go off of those weekly, monthly levels right down here and kind of hold towards a weekly or monthly low, I kind of understand that approach. You're trying to buy the dip here, but definitely it's not looking good technically wise that it can go up towards a spike of, let's say, 28 and all the way right back down to 8. Uh, okay, there's a few more tickers uh, and then a couple other hell I want to get to. Oh, man, can we look at here? Sure, this is a Mitch, old Mitch favorite, H-E-A-R, Turtle Beach. remember when it broke 14. Are you still uh, on this one? No, no. We, 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 we called this one out really early when it broke from 14 to 35. Um, but then th this turnaround and in gaming overall is the 
the scary thing because you have to wait for these to come back. I think these are going to come back closer towards October and November. Um, so right now you're kind of getting these dips towards support. You could look at this one and compare it to CRSR. Very similar stocks coming down towards long-term supports. When I see both of these turn around, that's when I'm going to get excited. Uh, big thing for me is also keep an eye out on Logi. Logi has a big support underneath it at like kind of this 105 or the 200-day moving average. If that breaks on the downside, whew, that's when you can start seeing the other ones break down too, here and Corsair. So to me, Logi is the leader here, right? The higher price one, the one that's had the rip before these two. Let's see this one come back up, clear that gap that it has. You see a gap down there from about 120 to about, let's say, 111s. Let's see us clear that gap up, push back up, and then I'll be excited about those names. Real fast, I want to uh, go to our news desk for a second here. We did have an ex- exclusive this morning on PH. Exclusive? P- I actually watched it. We need, watched to get, it. We, we need to get some kind of a um, – uh, like a video for that exclusive, whatever. Um, PHUN, uh, they announced a collaboration with Cox Communications. Uh, this was out at 7.30 this morning. You can see here as I pull up the chart, that headline was worth um, about five cents. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Come I on, saw Charlie. it. Come there's on, some Charlie. buyers that stepped up there at 95. I'll tell you right now, 95 cents, there was a buyer that stepped up. He added down towards the 90s. You could tell it popped up there for a second there, got up towards the 98. Looked like it was going to get through that $1 um, and then just couldn't get through it. Why? Because if you would look on the level two, you will see that there was a big seller there, right there at $1. Um, so I think that's what he ran into, and then it just came right back down. I was watching the level yeah. twos when this yeah. came out. Actually, it's worth about 15, almost 15 cents, uh, that headline. If you played it this morning, hat tip to our news desk for that. Uh, okay, uh, Mitch, before I hop off, I, I just want to do a real fast crypto update because I neglected to do one on the show yesterday. So What's let's up do, in the crypto land? Uh, let's find out. We are decidedly mixed this morning. A little bit more red. Here, let's do a quick refresh on the page, but a little bit more red uh, than green on the screen. Uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, Cardano, uh, Doge, all down a little bit. that's going to be your headline of the day for the moment. If you look at the individual charts, like nothing here. Let me actually let me share my entire screen here so I can go to different charts. Uh, nothing really jumps out to me this morning, if I'm being honest with you. Here's um, no, there. Here's my Bitcoin chart. You know, it's just sort of hanging out, right? We haven't really been made made a big move uh, for a couple of days. This is a daily chart here of Bitcoin, so it, it's been quiet. Like we had that big green candle on the 13th, right? Uh, typically. You know, you see Friday, Saturday, Sunday, big moves. But, but you know, we've been quiet here in Bitcoin. We had a huge run up for a couple. We had the huge, huge uh, sell off, huge run up uh, a couple weeks later. Quiet now, quiet now. So we're just kind of hanging out in the mid 40,000 area, uh, mid 40,000 handle, right? $46,000 uh, this morning in Bitcoin. Ethereum, kind of the same story we've paused, which is probably healthy, right? Frankly, um, when when things when any asset goes straight up, I, I get nervous. So Ethereum um, doubled in a span of like what three weeks, a month, and we've you know paused for the moment, which is which is probably healthy. 
you like to see consolidation. You like to see you rip higher, you consolidate. You rip higher, you consolidate. Uh, that's healthy market action. So that's good to see for me. Um, Dogecoin, which had a massive green candle. I don't know what got into Dogecoin yesterday, um, but we are just sort of hanging out. We're back above, thir- I guess, 30 cents is, is your new support, right? 30 cents or the low of yesterday, which was what? 31 cents. And the low of today is 30 cents, 30, 30 and a half cents. So yeah, 30 cents. We'll call that support in um, in Dogecoin. Let's just check in on my crypto stocks watch list. Mostly red. Mostly trying red. to find support. Uh, a lot of them are trying to find support. We'll see if they can find yeah. support um, and then get back up. But uh, Spencer, what are we doing, man? We need to come up with the acronym. The fangs of crypto. Well, the can fangs we, of crypto. We I don't even know. I don't even know if we can agree. Is the fangs, have to. is the fangs of crypto just by is it by market cap? Is it just like the four or five biggest? Because that's always it's always changing, right? Well, I mean, this is the fun part, right? I mean, I think it's an interesting approach. If you had, let's say, a basket like that. Well, um, so, okay, so five or the, six. So the whole point. The whole point about the fang stocks in the first place was that they are they were so far ahead of their peers. So in this case, you got Bitcoin and Ethereum, which are obviously one two by a mile. But once you get past Ethereum, it's kind of like a, it's a very it's a close horse race. Binance Coin, Tether, Cardano, XRP still hanging around, Dogecoin, um, you know, USD Coin. They're all relatively close in terms of market cap. So I'm not quite sure how you. Um, if it's always going to be changing, I'm not sure how. Do you include all of them or none of them? I would, I would defer. To, I would say none of them. You only look at Bitcoin and ETH as sort of like those are your big two, and everyone knows it. And there's a huge drop off there. So, what do well, we call that? Maybe uh, I think you know when when you come down to moments like this. Yeah, I do agree. You would you would want to probably position up on the Bitcoin and the Ethereum here put most of the portfolio towards the two leaders and then maybe grab three or four names down there that you believe can make some big moves and just limit the position size in those so that, Hey, you, you know, those are going to be a little bit more volatile. Bitcoin and Ethereum could keep coming on up if that's what you see. Um, and so it's not a bad approach. I mean, think about it, you know, even a couple months ago, you could have been making some really good gains if you would have had that approach. That's true. Okay, the Benzinga Crypto Updates brought to you by Voyager. Get $50 in free Bitcoin when you use the code Zing on Voyager. Deposit at least $100 and make your first trade with over 60 assets to choose from and annual yield earnings of up to 12%. Voyager is your launch pad into the world of crypto. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.